Hey everyone, we are here and we are live and we are ready to go. Thank you for joining us today, New Hope Radio and the New Hope Radio podcast. And if you ever want to hear the podcast, just go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcast Player, our website, newhopecc.tv. Just type in uh, the Hope Club podcast and we'll be there for you. You know, there's something that everybody wants, and yet not everybody has. And the good news is, anyone can get it. Think about it. Everybody wants it, not everyone has it, but anyone can get it. And no one is exempt. People in every nation, people that speak every language, they are in every culture. They all desire this. And you know what's even better news? God wants to give it. Today we're going to see, because of Christ, I can have joy. And we'll begin right after this. is a membership of supporters of New Hope Radio heard daily here on WARV. Would you join the Hope Club and commit $3 a week? In return, you'll receive an audio file devotional in your email box every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You'll receive other bonuses as well. And of course, you'll have the joy of keeping New Hope Radio on the air. Just go to newhopecc.tv, scroll down to support, click e-giving, click choose fund, and then radio. Enough people joining the Hope Club will ensure that New Hope Radio stays on the air. And thanks for your support. Okay, we're going to talk today about that thing that everybody wants, but not everybody has, but God wants to give it. And what is it? It's that beautiful experience of joy. I'm going to give you today 10 aspects of attaining this joy. Six are coming from the Old Testament, the Psalms especially, and four from the New Testament. And we're going to talk about joy what it is, how to get it. And if you don't have enough, hopefully today you'll learn how to go out and and get some more. First of all, those who put their trust in the Lord can have joy. Did you know that? Psalm 5, verse 11, come on, it's right there. Let all who take refuge in you, O God, be glad. Let them forever sing for joy. So what is it about God? It's about a secure and safe relationship with him. In God, there is joy. Psalm 33 says, Sing for joy in the Lord. Oh, you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. What does that mean? Praise is becoming to the upright. You know what that means? That when you live the Christian way of life, you look good. Oh, yeah. You want to be good looking? Live the Christian way of life. You know, there's about 153 references to singing in the Bible. And I believe singing is important. You know, music shapes the soul. It really does. What you listen to to impact your very life. And what you listen to can shape how you feel. Singing is an expression of what's in your heart. That's why the songs of God, they're the best songs. Songs of the world, they always leave you hungry. Oh, the songs of God... 
Those are the best songs to sing. And that's why people sang the Psalms. Think about it. When you truly take refuge in the Lord, your heart will overflow with worship. Nothing else provides the joy that God's music does. Let me tell you something. I played in rock bands for about 20 years, maybe 25 years. And then I played in Christian bands. It's no comparison. No comparison, you know. When you play the music of the world, when the music stops, the joy stops. When you play the music of God, when the music stops, the joy just keeps going. It just keeps going. See, music isn't a matter of taste. It's a matter of what's in your heart. The heart is the appreciator of music. So joy goes to those who, number two, love to be in the presence of God. Is that you? Am I talking to you today? Do you love to be in the presence of God? You know, the Bible tells us in Psalm 16, in your presence is fullness of joy. Oh, in your right hand, there are pleasures forever. Forever. And when the Bible says in your presence is fullness of joy, the word presence, you know what it really means in the Hebrew? Face. It's like being face to face with God. When you're face-to-face with God and you have that personal one-on-one relationship with Him, joy grows there. You enjoy being before God the Father. You enjoy being before God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. You're in a personal relationship with them. You're not religious. You're not suffering, suffering from religiosity. You're in a personal relationship with God. This means that you're not mindless toward them. You know, you can be religion, religious and be mindless. A lot of religious people, man, they're just in spiritual la-la land. But when you're in a relationship, you're cognizant, you're aware of that relationship. Relationship means to be mindful. Thirdly, joy goes to those who, oh, here it comes, live in their salvation. It's, it's one thing to, to like, okay, I'm saved, but it's another thing to live in it. Like Psalm 32 says, Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you who are, who are upright in heart. And again, the righteous ones are those who are truly saved, and the upright in heart are those who live in that salvation. Remember when the Apostle Paul said, Work out your salvation? In other words, God has made you to be a brand new creation. Now go be it. Go live in it. Don't be the old person you were. Be in the new person that God is making you to be. That's upright in heart. That's where joy is. Psalm 71 tells us, My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. And my soul, what you have redeemed. I'm like, are you kidding? Here's a guy that's happy. And you know why he's so happy and he's so full of joy? Here's why. And maybe you're like this too. He knows who God is. And he knows what God has done for him. There it is. There's your joy. You know who God is. And you know what God has done for you. That's why you need to be in a good church. And have a good pastor that studies the word of God. And teaches you the word of God. So you can know who God is. And you can know what God has done for you. And let me tell you. There's a lot of good churches and a lot of good pastors around. So go find one. Don't say, well, there's nobody around. There's plenty. There's a lot of good. I know them personally. 
There's a lot of good men that love the Lord and they study the scriptures and they'd be just right for you. You get to take the initiative. You got to take the responsibility and find those people. You know why? Because when you know God and know what he's done for you, you can have great joy. See, this all has to do with thinking. This is the thought life. This is not because I'm feeling good. This is the thought life. What you think about will either give you joy or give you grief. You know what? You make the call. (laughs) We all make the call. Well, Do I want to be grief today or do I want to be joy today? Which one do I want? Paul tells us in Colossians 3, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. In other words, think about godly things, not worldly things. That will give you tremendous joy. Oh, here's another one, number four. Are you counting? We got ten. We're at four. Joy goes to those who know God's grace. Oh, the grace of God. Grace of God has appeared to all men. David knows God's grace is a forgiving grace. He can go to God after failure with the confidence that he will be forgiven and he will be restored back to fellowship. That's the grace of God. You know, here's God's grace, right? It always welcomes us back. Now the prodigal son left his father, went out, wasted his life. Then he realized, oh man, I'm going back home. And his father welcomed him with open arms. You know what that was? Grace. That's grace. David said in Psalm 51, Restore to me all the joy of your salvation. God knows that he is an accepting God. He is a forgiving God. Let me tell you something. He's a God of second chances. Do you need a second chance? God is there for you. God gives us special joy, and we can all attest at times to the joy that comes at being forgiven. Right? Have you ever been forgiven of something, even by a person, and, and the joy that overcame you because you it's like you've been set free? I know I have. I have given forgiveness, and I've been forgiven. I've probably been forgiven more than I've given forgiveness. Who knows? But there is a joy that comes with that. See, here's the thing. Do you know God's grace that way? Do you know God's grace as a forgiving grace? He's a forgiving God. And those who are washed in the blood of Christ, they are completely and totally accepted and forgiven in Christ. See, once in Christ, you stand accepted by God. Once you're in, you're in. You ain't getting out. Now, we need forgiveness along the way, but that doesn't interfere with our salvation. Fifthly, joy goes to those, I like this one, I don't know if it's a very popular one, but joy goes to those who believe the creation account. And that, I, you know what? People who don't believe in creation, look at them. Listen to them. They look like they've been, talk like they've been baptized in pickle juice. They're not happy people. But Psalm 92 verse 4 says, For you, O Lord, oh, you've made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the works of your hands. Here is somebody that has total confidence 
in the creation because he knows that it came from God. Now, it may sound a little strange. I, I have joy knowing God made all things. That gives me joy. God made everything. Nothing is here that didn't come from God. Knowing that God made all things, you know what it does? It gives value and it gives meaning to life. If God didn't make all things, life would have no meaning. Nor would it have any value. And those that don't believe God made all things, you know what? They don't give value to life. Oh man, they kill babies. They kill people. They kill the old. They destroy nature. They don't care. They're lovers of money. Lovers of self. They don't believe there's any value to life. But when you know God made all things, oh, that's totally different. It gives meaning. And it gives value to life. If it was a random Big Bang evolution, what would our purpose be? (laughs) None. Like, who cares? Do what you want. But no, God made all things for a reason, for a purpose. You know, one of my favorite favorite psalms, yeah, one of my favorite psalms, (laughs) one of my favorite psalms is Psalm 139. And in verse 13 it says, For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. Oh, I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. Is that a beautiful picture of life in the womb? I have joy because I know that God made all things, even including me. Number six, joy goes to those who love the Word of God. Do you love the Word of God? I'll tell you what, the more you learn it, the more you'll get to love it. And in Psalm 119, verse 111, it says, I have inherited your testimonies forever, for they are the joy of my heart. Here is somebody that looks at God's Word, and by the way, they they didn't even have the New Testament, they just had the Old Testament. To the joy of my heart. And the word inherited, you know what it means? Prize possession. He's saying, your testimonies are my prize possession. They put joy in my heart. That's what they do. You know, see, God's word in the heart creates joy. Think of it like this. Void of truth, void of joy. Full of truth, full of joy. That's how it works. Let me say it again. Void of truth, void of joy. Full of truth, full of joy. That's the way that it works. Now for the New Testament. Joy goes to those who, number seven, got four more, seven, eight, nine, ten. Joy goes to those who live according to the kingdom of God. Oh, the kingdom. God's kingdom. Paul said in Romans 14 and verse 17, the kingdom of God, it's not a matter of eating and drinking. In other words, it's not these physical things that we do or don't do, but it's righteousness and peace. Peace 
and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, the kingdom of God is about your inner man, not your outer man. The outer man is dying. The inner man is full of life, God's life. The joy of God's kingdom does not come from an external, outside force or observance, but it comes from what's going on inside of you. That's how we have to see the kingdom of God. It's not, you know, what I have to do or what I can't do or what I should do. That's not the kingdom. It's not rites and rituals and and observances. The kingdom of God is who you are on the inside. It's, it's, it's being empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's being guided by the Word of God. It's being loved by your Heavenly Father. Remember, the Holy Spirit is an influence, a power, a dunamis. The power to live the Christian life is found in the Holy Spirit. He's the power plant. You know, it takes a supernatural power to live a supernatural life. Supernatural life is the Christian life, and you can't do it in the flesh. That's why it doesn't come with eating and drinking or not eating and not drinking. It comes with the resources that God has provided you to live that life. Number eight, you want to have joy? It comes from a generous spirit. You know, Paul gave a beautiful example. He talked about the church at Philippi. It wasn't a wealthy church. You know, they they weren't people with much money at all. But most of the people, though they were barely getting by financially, they were a joyful people. Did you ever notice people with less have seem to have more joy? People with more seem to have less, less joy. And Paul used the people in Philippi as an example to the very wealthy church at Corinth because they were stingy with what they had. They had a lot, but they were cheapskates. They were stingy with it. They were selfish. The people in Philippi, they gave a large offering to help the destitute Christians in Jerusalem. They didn't have much, but they gave more. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul said, For in a severe test of affliction, that means things were going great for them, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty. How about that? Joy and poverty in the same place. They had poverty, but they still had joy. And he said, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. And this is why. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify. And beyond their means of their own accord. And why is it that these people could be so generous though they had so little? This is why, verse 4, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. In other words, they begged Paul, let us help the saints in Jerusalem. How does one become so generous when they have so little? Verse 5, and this not as we expected, this is how they were, why they were so generous. They gave themselves first to the Lord 
and then by the will of God to us. I'm like, are you kidding me? There it is. There it is. There's the basis of generosity. You give yourself to God, and then you discover the joy of giving to others. See, when you give yourself to God, everything about your life changes. You're not stingy anymore. Not a cheapskate. You're not selfish. You find yourself wanting to be a blessing, wanting to be a vessel that God can use to to send his blessings through or a conduit of the blessings of God. These people in Philippi, they first gave themselves to the Lord. That changed everything. So we all have to ask ourselves, who have I given myself to? Whatever it is you seek for relief, you've given yourself to what you seek for relief. What are some of the things you seek for relief? A smoke? A drink? A sin? Oh, you can make your own list. I'm not going to spend time on that. But if, 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 if God is your relief factor, it's because you've given yourself to him. Always going back to the Lord. Always going back to the Lord. Number nine, joy, joy goes to those who have faith. Some people say, let me see, then I'll believe. God says, if you believe, then you will see. And what's the result? Joy. Oh, yeah. Peter said this. This is not original with me. Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 8, though you have not seen him, huh? you love him. That's true. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. That's true. And you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. I'm like, that's true. Peter is commending these people. They haven't seen the Lord, but they believe. They don't, they don't really have a physical representation of Christ right there, but they're still rejoicing. You know why? Because their faith is so great. Faith is great. Great faith brings great joy. Man, if all you get out of this today is that, you got something. Great faith brings great joy. Don't stop trusting God. Whatever you go through in life, it's no reason not to trust God. See, faith is strong and powerful, but you know what? It's got to work itself out. And that's why finally, the last point I have on joy, joy goes to those who live in that faith. Number nine, joy goes to those who have faith, but number ten, more joy goes to those who live in the faith that they have. Third John 1.4 says, and John, John is pleased about his congregation. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. They're living it out. They're living it out. They're just not carrying around big fat Bibles and notebooks. They're living it out. They're living out the scriptures. They're walking in the truth. So John has joy because he sees other people living in the truth. 
Joy comes from seeing others that you love live in what they say they believe. And aren't you happy when there are people that you care about and they're walking with the Lord and they're living in truth and it's so joyful, but then there are those that you care about and you're grieved because they're not walking in truth and they're not walking with the Lord and you're grieved. So it is true that joy comes from seeing people live in their faith. So there you have it. Because of Christ, I can have joy. But you see, the joy is conditional. I gave you 10 things, 10 conditions to have this divine joy. Number one, to those that put their trust in the Lord. Number two, to those that enjoy being in the presence of God. Number three, to those that live out their salvation. Number four, to know that to those that know God's grace, oh, especially in forgiveness. Number five, to those that believe God created all things, gives value and meaning and purpose to life. Number six, to those who love God's word. We love it. Love to learn it. Love to live it. Number seven, to those that live according to the kingdom of God. That means not according to religious rites and observances, but in a personal relationship with God, and you seek to do his will. Number eight, to those who have a generous spirit. You give yourself to God, and God gives himself to you, and you become changed. You have a spirit of generosity. Number nine, to those who have faith, they have great joy. And number 10, to those that live in that faith. That's the key. They live in the faith. Oh, joy is there. Everybody wants it. Not everybody has it, but anybody can get it. And I just gave you 10 ways, 10 ways that you can have this joy. Oh, this is good joy. This is God's joy. This is not joy that comes from temporal conditions in the world. This is joy that comes from the divine inspirer, God himself. And that's what we're going to talk about next time. Because of Christ, I can inspire. You want to be an inspiration? Because of Christ, you can learn to be an inspiration to others. Thanks for coming along today. Don't forget to join the Hope Club. And you can listen to the Hope Club podcast. Go get it. It's out there. Have a great rest of the day. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio and the New Hope Radio podcast. Mm-hmm.